0: The greatest pheasant hunting in the country awaits, but pheasants and thrills are just the beginning. Leave routine for the birds on a hunting trip in South Dakota. Friendly small towns, private lodges, and more than a million acres of public hunting
1: land support a culture that makes South Dakota the pheasant capital of the world. Rise to the challenge of diverse habitats, cover, and terrain when you hunt the greatest. Start planning at HuntTheGreatest.com.
0: From earaches to strep tests, visit MinuteClinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be
1: obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit MinuteClinic.com for details.
2: I haven't given a lot of thought about rock climbing. And maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself neither have I or maybe you have wherever you stand on it I think you're gonna hear something that's very interesting and you it'll pique your interest about rock climbing because I had the opportunity today to speak with an awesome guest in Jocelyn Corridor Jocelyn is just a ray of light sunshine she's so easy to talk to and I found her on LinkedIn where I find all of my amazing guests generally speaking and there's just a gold mine of incredible people if you're willing to get out there and connect with people and turn it into a conversation you can't imagine how much how much goodness is out there it's just incredible uh, you can fill your cup with so many amazing people that are willing to talk and just share stories and I'm happy to present to you today Jocelyn's story and the world of rock climbing very fascinating very interesting and I look forward to you guys checking it out. So without further ado, Jocelyn Corridor. Hey, how are you?
0: Good. I can't see you, but I see myself.
2: <laughs> All right. Hold on one second. I'm going to I'm going to hook this up. You're going to see it. All right. Now, here, come, here comes the magic. Here comes the magic right here. <laughs> Boom. There's, there's magic.
0: Well, oh, like you that. got a microphone and everything. That's awesome. I'm,
2: I'm very professional, okay? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? Just finished lunch? Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. Everything got a little backed up, so it's like, give me two minutes. to <laughs> scarf it down really quick.
2: It's all good. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course, yeah. Well, Have you done a lot of podcasts?
2: Oh, man. I am on... I'm about to release number fifty tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty um I'm pretty prolific with podcasting. I record probably three a week and then I release on Monday and Thursdays. So okay. pretty constant. Um yeah, I'm I love doing it. It's just uh it's just conversations with people. That's yeah, what's nice. Totally.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: I think it's like the
0: new the new thing, too. I mean, I think people read blogs before and I think podcasts are kind of the new replacement.
2: You know what? I used to be in the blogs and I had my own blogs actually, for mm-hmm. a while and I liked it. Uh, but then once I got I started listening to podcasts like crazy. Like, mm-hmm. Actually, I was listening to one right before this. And then I was on a phone call, then listening to one, then I was on another phone call, and then I was doing a bunch of training and work. So it's either I'm working, podcasting, training, or hanging out with the family, pretty much. You know? awesome.
1: Yeah, so, totally.
2: Well, I came across your profile, and I was like, I have to talk to this person. <laughs> I just awesome. have to talk to Jocelyn. Yeah. And what um, uh,
0: What do you think was the main thing that kind of like, stood out
2: to you you know initially it was the rock climbing stuff okay honestly yeah. I don't know anything about rock climbing cool and yeah. I I am not afraid to talk about anything that I don't know anything about I yeah, just like yeah. to learn about what other people and then the whole working with um, people who have had mastectomies whole thing mm-hmm. I said wow there's a lot going on here and I'm looking through your you know your past your education I'm like All right, there's something here I need to discuss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's like, everyone has a million stories, so for sure.
2: (laughs) Well, stories is the biggest part about my podcast is having people share about themselves and be vulnerable and, you know, as much as they would like to be. Uh, But I was really fascinated by the rock climbing because one, it's just not very native to me. But it Mm -hmm. looks like you have gone all over the world, rock climbing. How did you get into that?
0: How did I get into it? That's a great question. Uh, so I s- started really probably climbing when I moved to Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like probably most women. I was introduced to it by my boyfriend at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I feel like that's changing a lot uh, as the sport is escalating especially because it's going to be in the Olympics and Tokyo 2020 Mm -hmm. Um, but there are a lot more like women's groups and um, I think that that's really awesome just because I think most women when they're introing the sport like any sport they they don't really know what's you know dangerous what where you can learn techniques or you're like pushing yourself in a different way or maybe you don't feel comfortable. Um, but yeah, I feel like I really got into it when I moved to Boulder because it's like everyone climbs.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's
0: a runner. Everyone's like a pro athlete that lives here. So honestly it was really intimidating when I moved here. Um and I had just gotten um labrum surgery. And so I really actually couldn't climb that much, but I was still had a background of coaching and training people, not in climbing, but um, to hop into that, I was just, yeah, a little overwhelmed.
2: Yeah. So what was it like the first time you, the first time you actually did it? How did that feel? First time climbing? Yeah.
0: Ooh, I mean, maybe the first time I ever climbed like on plastic maybe like a climbing gym would have been maybe when I was like at a birthday party when I was little. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everyone maybe intros that at some point. Um, And honestly, I don't remember that, but I'm sure I did it. Um, But I tried it in college. So let's see. Honestly, I haven't been asked that question. So I think (laughs) I probably... I probably just really liked that it, um, felt like a puzzle. I think that's what I like about it most now. Um, but yeah, when I first tried it, I don't know. I was probably like at the time when I did intro it, I was going through this like kind of identity crisis cause I ran in college and then, um, wasn't on the team anymore, but still uh-huh. had an, another year to finish in college. And, um, I was still, you know, a competing athlete in my mind. So it was probably, I think, the biggest thing about the sport is, like, you are in your own little world and you can be competitive with yourself. Um, I'm sure you can compete, you know, in competitions, but really, like... Um, depending on, you know, sport climbing, which is with ropes or bouldering, which isn't with ropes, like it's always about getting just a little bit farther and that's like a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, maybe just that I could really individualize the climbing and pushing it on my own. That's what I probably so,
2: like. The best. So were you kind of like you're you're up there you're doing it were you were you nervous were you scared what were the emotions going through when yeah. you when you're first doing and you're outside you're bouldering whatever like what what would take me there for that?
0: For that? Um, so inside versus outside is totally different uh, experience wise. Like the first time I went outside, it was like. I would say that's probably the biggest thing when someone gets taken outside, like on their first climbing trip, um, like because inside, I mean, you can always bail, you can always, you know, pop off. Or, um, there's not as much risk, you know. I feel like uh, maybe what you're asking applies a little bit more to outside.
1: And, yes.
0: Um, when I, the first time I went outside was really I was taken on like a climbing trip. And that's what that's what took it for me, for sure. Like I got taken on this climbing trip and we went to Bishop, California, Red Rocks in Nevada. And that just ruined me because it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. um, You just get taken. I mean, climbing is really cool because it takes you to some of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, And you get to climb on these rock features that are, um, you know, nature has built, yet people you know, create the problem on it. Um, but yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> I still <laughs> to this day. I'm so scared of getting to the top of stuff. And that's something that I think a lot of clients of mine sometimes are, um, they question cause they're like, wait, you're afraid of heights, but you're coaching <laughs> me. I'm like, yeah, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> it's no, it's okay for, you know, like if you're a running coach to be dealing with the same things, you know, I think that sometimes people think you're supposed to be this more invincible person, but I think being more real attracts the right type of client that maybe is like, Oh, they are, they're human too.
2: (laughs) I totally agree with that. Actually, like with my, you know, I've been in the fitness business forever and I think sometimes clients have this weird, um, feeling about you being in the fitness business like oh I bet you just eat the best all the time
1: yeah yeah. you
2: uh you know like when you work out it must be incredible like you just never get tired I'm like I'm a human being like yes I work hard I get I'm not I'm not like this like you know mountain of a person I'm like I'm just like invincible or something like Uh I eat some shit like you eat too sometimes you know I'm like I you know, yeah. I have some you know, I'm hanging out. I I get t- I feel tired when I work out. I'm like Yeah. You know, I'm they build it, it up to be right. You you know, you feel like aches and pains. You're not it's like this perception that people have of you. And so I totally get that about like you're scared. Like they think like yeah. you're just conquering these mountains and like yeah. you're just like flying up there and you're like, Look at me, I I'm never scared about doing this, you know.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think that, uh, you brought up an interesting point too. I swear I as having this conversation this morning with, um, my senior, another, he just was like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I feel like you like a lot of trainers or coaches don't necessarily talk about their injuries all the time, you know, like yeah. that's, that is being vulnerable and talking about, I mean, in a way, I think when I first started coaching and training, I, I didn't want people to know if I was injured, you know, because I was <laughs> like, oh, that means I'm like a bad coach if I can't even help myself.
1: Yeah. Um, but
0: I think like it's good to let people know that because then they they're like, oh, I then can relate to that coach because they've been through it, and that's kind of leads into the mastectomy. Like I've now gotten some clients that. They're like, oh, I want to train with you because I know you know what I feel like, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know, and that's, uh, I feel like such a special thing, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just the human beings connecting to other human beings in relatable fashions, I think is really important. So if you're taking somebody and they're climbing, I mean, you're scared, they're scared, that seems natural to me, (laughs) I mean... Yeah, yeah.
0: I think guiding is totally different because like if I were guiding someone up a mountain or like, you know, taking them up a multi-pitch or something, um, which is like climbing on rope really high, um, I think that would be a different story. You wouldn't want someone to be scared in that situation. Um, But because I'm just like coaching someone, it'd be like if someone was Olympic lifting and they, you know they had a hard time beating their one RM or something like that. Like totally normal, <laughs> you know, maybe they plateaued yeah. and they got yeah. stuck. And I think that it's okay for coaches to talk about that because then, yeah, it's a little more real for their clients.
2: Totally agree. Now with your rock climbing, I read that you have, you've gone in all these places, I think Mexico yeah. and all these different places, rock climbing. What, what was your favorite place? That you went mm. as your best climb. You're like, man, this was just like the peak of it.
0: That's a really hard question, uh, because every place has different type of rock too. Mm-hmm. So, um, for like climbers out there, they would definitely realize that that's like a huge thing too. Yeah. Um, I would say. It depends if it's on a rope or if it's foldering. Um, bouldering. Um, I really liked going to probably, I mean, I've only been there once, but I feel like I would really like it going back again. Um, Waco, which is in Texas. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> they, they have all of these Wacos in the rocks. So these giant like, giant divots and holes and it's just like this super overhung rock. Um, and it's, I believe it's sandstone. So like you can climb on it multiple days and it doesn't like rip up your skin, which is like also a huge thing, um, with climbing, like you don't, um, you don't want any like cuts and stuff on your hands. Otherwise you can't really use them kind of like lifting. Like you, mm-hmm. you end up getting like a lot of, you know, weird, short, sure. uh,
1: sure.
0: yeah, blisters and stuff on your hands sometimes weird calluses um and it can be a good thing but it can also be a bad thing if it's like too soft and something pops or something you know (laughs) and so same thing with climbing like you want really good like callus skin and uh that's like it's kind of like gym climbing there so that's really awesome or i guess second would be joe's valley which is in utah and um As much as I love, uh, you know, going out of the country, there are like a lot of logistics when you do travel outside of the country. Like you have to make sure you're packing the right nutrition. Like when we went to Mexico, um, like they don't have a bunch of protein bars there, you know, like you can't just have the same type of food that you fuel yourself with when you're traveling. So, um, your energy levels can be pretty different, um. And then, like, again, when we went to Mexico, there's all these different types of bugs. And, like, you don't have necessarily your own equipment that you normally climb with. So Mm. you have to, like, rent or borrow equipment. And um, unless you pay, like, a lot of money um, to bring your own stuff, which is kind of like surfing, too. Like, you can rent a board or you can, like, pay lots of money to bring your own board. But your own board is always going to be, like, a lot nicer. And you're going to, you know know how to write it a little bit better but um yeah I think I like climbing a little bit more locally um within the U.S. there's just so much rock here um but Mexico is pretty awesome too there's like a lot of potential for so much development there um it's just like a little bit there a little bit more logistics to like getting around
2: uh, no, it makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, it's when you don't know about something and you hear somebody discussing it, you're like, oh, uh-huh. that, that makes to- so much sense. It'd be like something yeah. else. If I was renting a, like, I liked a mountain bike. And yeah, like, totally. Oh, it's better if you have your own bike. Obviously, it'd feel totally. better than, you know, going to rent one. So it, uh-huh. it makes perfect sense. Now, what do you think about this this uh, free climbing? That I've, I've seen a little bit of this stuff. What's your impression of that? Oh,
1: okay. So free
0: climbing, um, it's free climbing is different than free soloing. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people that don't know climbing, um, they don't know the difference of it. And so like the Dawn Wall, that movie that came out, um, that was, um, like they were on ropes, but they were doing it free. So like they weren't pulling on gear or anything. But um like free soloing is like with nothing. nothing like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like like I don't think people should do it. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, like, no, no. <laughs> but people do it. Like I I know quite a few people that do it. Um I mean I, I've done it, but like <sighs> on something that's so easy below my level that I know I would never fall on which is also the argument with like Alex Honnold he's you know he's doing stuff that he knows he won't fall on you know and that's his argument but um I think that you know, not not everyone can do it <laughs>
2: right. and also it's like
0: risking your life at the same time so yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge
2: fan. You're not a huge fan. The wrap, the wraparound point is you're not a huge fan of it. So what's the, what's the climbing community like? Like, what's the community? Is it a very, like, very community-driven community? Or is it, you know, at odds sometimes? Like, what's that like? Uh, yeah,
0: I would say climbing, especially here, is a huge community. Like, mm-hmm. everyone knows everyone. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool, too, because it can um, almost create this church, like, network, Mm. like, it's not church, but like, it is for people, you know, like, it's something that they do all the time, every day, every weekend, this is the place that they go after, after work to de-stress, to hang out with their friends, you know, Um, it's. This almost religious component that people mm-hmm. add to their lives, and like, um, for sure, everyone that does it is obsessed. <laughs> so, it's like, and so you're obsessed. I mean, you're obsessed too. For sure. Yeah. I mean, anyone who I mean, as long as even if they're dabbling, sometimes like they're introing it, but most people that really like start doing it consistently it's like, it becomes like part of their life too. So it's pretty cool to see and everyone that does not creates their own community too. So. So
2: you say like you have like climbing friends and then friends who don't climb type of thing? Oh, or, yes. Yeah.
1: I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It's I like, mean,
2: you're like, I'm all in climbing. All my, this is all we do. you know.
0: Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like, um, What's a sport that's maybe similar? Maybe even football. Like football players hang out with football Mm. people, you know? Like I would say it's it's almost similar to that. Um, Like every sport, like when you get to an elite level, um, you don't see people really hanging out with any other types of people. (laughs) Let's
2: expand Uh, on that. I'm going to expand on that. I am definitely the outlier in that then. (laughs) <laughs> because I was a collegiate track and field athlete um, uh-huh. and I did not, I don't, whatever, the, it doesn't matter if they listen to it or not. It's just the truth and they know it. I didn't really like hanging out with other track athletes. I didn't live okay. with anybody yeah. that was an athlete. I actually did not want to have anything to do with what I was doing constantly. I wanted mm-hmm. to have other people that I knew that were having a normal college experience, like general, or I would wanted to explore other things and have this very different side of myself. So I didn't live with, a lot of the people on my team lived together. You know, They then we practiced together and then they would go hang out together. So I was like the guy nobody could ever find. Like you just find me at practice and at meets. Beyond that, I was a ghost. I wanted to live, I I didn't want to be immersed in it. I felt it would like be too much for me. Like that, that was the only thing that I'd be doing was track and field associated things. Yeah. So it was funny. I would go to different things, and it was very anonymous. And and they'd be like, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm an athlete. At you know, here they're like, you're an athlete? Like, don't you go to like the athlete parties and stuff? I'm like, no, I want to hang out with (laughs) you. What are you doing? I'm interested in what. So I, I, I'm not at odds with it. Like, I think it's great. People want to do stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I just, I just always had this inclination. Like, hey, if we're all doing, like, we're all running every day. I really don't want to see you after that. <laughs> I'm
0: like, I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. There are some people, some climbers that like they climb because it's like their outlet, but they don't necessarily like live and breathe it all the time. Like maybe, you know, they are a teacher or a scientist or right. something else. And like, but they still have this true love for the outdoors. And that's what probably creates that community is i mean and what i like about it is like that it creates this awareness of how much like the outdoors matter to everyone um but you know there are i mean i think that with it going to the olympics it's going to create a whole different type of breed because like there's so many gyms being built that some people won't even go outside i'm sure that there will be people that That's just true. Climb, that people will just climb inside.
2: If you're looking for a high quality zero THC CBD products, PalmOrganics.com is your place. Go to the show notes and any episode of Dr. D's Social Network and put in the code Dr. D for 10% off all products.
0: So I think, like, it's going to, we're going to see, like, a tremendous change within the next, like, five to ten years.
2: Now, take me through this Olympics thing. I had heard about that, too. But, like, how was is, how is that a competition in the Olympics? Like, I don't know how we're like, what's the logistics behind who wins and the whole yeah. deal? You know, like, I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I mean... I'm actually really curious how they're going to end up scoring everything but there is going to be um, what's called speed climbing so the route is um, always the same wherever people train and they have to get up as fast as they can and they're actually connected on a rope um it's crazy if you haven't seen it anyone out there should look up speed climbing it looks like apes going up a wall (laughs) it's crazy like people are so athletic that do it and um it almost doesn't seem like the same sport Mm, but it is it's getting put into the same thing so um the climbers that make it to the olympics are going to have to speed climb um sport climb which is on ropes which is like a super long route that they have to do um where they like are clipping and um it's so much endurance it's crazy it's kind of like a maybe a duathlon or you know something that people are having to do like multiple sports um and then they're also going to have to boulder which is without the ropes and like way close to the ground um but much more powerful so it's kind of crazy all of the People that are going are gonna be so athletic because they have to do power, endurance, strength, and speed. They're gonna have to do all of it. So um, the scores will most likely be based off of like how they do in each category. So and then like uh, it's 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 interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: yeah, it's I think it's crazy that they're all being morphed together because like that's just like a superhuman that has to go. <laughs> Um, but I mean, this is like the first time it's going to be in the Olympics. So we'll see if it ends up staying. Mm.
2: Now, do you find that a lot of climbers, um, I'm curious, are they gym people or they just kind of stay outdoors most of the time? Are they strength training, doing other forms of, um, conditioning? What do you see out there?
0: Um, honestly, I would say... We're in this weird time that it's changing a lot, and there are there are a lot of um, there's a lot of things all over the internet, just like normal fitness world. And I think that it's just overwhelming with information for people. Um, a lot of people find that I think people tend to get injured before they get better. <laughs> so there's like there's a lot of um, need for like pts um strength coaches and climbing coaches are kind of i would say they don't bud heads but i think like it's just not the same like i did an internship at uh cu and boulder university and i absolutely loved it um And honestly, I'm always like, ah, do I want to go back to that? Like be a strength and conditioning coach at a university. Um, but also like, it's so fun to deal with all these outdoor sports and you just don't get that, you know, and when you're in a collegiate setting, um, and, but it's also way behind all the climbing training is like years and years behind Mm -hmm. any other sport. It's crazy. Um, there are a lot of people that try to do, you know, finger boarding, which, you know, is helpful for making your fingers strong. And then um, I think a lot of people are starting to strength train, but there's um, so much unknown with climbing. Like, you know, there's years and years of um, studies and articles, you know, journal articles done on running and football and soccer. But like there is barely anything for climbing and I think that that's going to be really interesting to see um if people end up really diving into that because it's such a um multi-plane sport you know like you're you're using every single plane you know and I mean maybe it's more similar to football but it's I think even more complex than that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um I don't know, I think that it's just going to be really interesting to see how coaches end up um, doing their education because there's uh, so many coaches, like, I don't know, if you take yourself back to, like, high school when your running coach maybe was like, yeah, you still have lactic acid in you, so you need to <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, they like, didn't know. Like,
1: yeah.
0: They didn't know, and, like, I think that that's where climbing is right now, and a lot of coaches don't they don't know what they're talking about and it it's okay. But I think like it's important for a lot of coaches to realize like, Hey, maybe I should get like a basic personal training certification so that I do, you know, try and apply these different movements to this sport. I think a lot of coaches like climbing coaches, they, they just do what their coach said, you know, and, and then they also, I mean, there's a huge thing to be said with, um, coaches that have competed in the past. So like, obviously like they've been through it, just like if you've competed in track, then you obviously are like, well, I could like teach someone how to run properly and stuff and how to lift. But really what helps you be a good coach is, I mean, all of those certs and background and experience with working with other clients. And, um, I think a lot of coaches don't necessarily have that. I think in, um, I was actually talking to this coach that he's in Europe and um, they treat it like other sports in Europe climbing, but in the U S they don't treat it that way. Like it's, it's just not quite there yet. But I, I think like it's going to be super interesting over the next five years, like who gets certs and uh, applies it, you know, like I think, It'll be so cool.
2: (laughs) I think about like, you know, I've known a few climbers on my life over the years and, you know, watching some people. And I think like, well, the, well, the form of the climber change, like the body type over, let's start introducing, think about like Mm -hmm. basketball players in the eighties were all really thin looking guys. They were totally, they were totally told the wrong thing about resistance training and would mess up their, their shot.
1: Yeah. And then all of a
2: sudden, like every NBA player now was like a specimen and just like huge, just ripped,
1: look amazing.
2: The training changed, you know, so it's Uh a huge thing. I wonder if like you get these skinny climbing guys, all of a sudden they start getting ripped and they start looking like super athletes out there on the rocks. I wonder if that's where the next thing's going and then that will influence other people to get into the sport. Because what I've seen with climbers mm-hmm. is kind of looks like a very similar looking person to me. Yeah.
1: You know, totally. and then
2: also kind of yeah. like thrown in with like maybe the stereotype of like, oh, you know, these guys are like they're crunchy granola guys, they're climbing, they're you know, live they're camping all the time and yeah, stuff, yeah. you
1: know. Yeah, um, and I
0: think that's where um the gym climbing will be interesting to see how that morphs because um it is so acrobatic almost like ninja warrior like (laughs) like a lot of the setting that which the setting is like you know setting all of the plastic holds Mm -hmm. to make this route for someone to climb I think like it is a different breed like I think um like whether it's in Europe or uh, other places in the world that don't have that much climbing or like even in I mean Japan has a lot of climbing but like they have so many small gyms that everyone climbs at and they um, they just learn technique from each other. And I think that that's really cool because um, that is part of the training. Like climbing is such a skill sport. You know, it's not, I don't know, I guess, you know, basketball is too. And so is, I mean, so is any other sport maybe not running, <laughs> <laughs> running is not so much of the skill. Um, but like these ball sports require so much skill. So does climbing. It's really interesting because I um, actually have worked with quite a few kids too. And it is insane. They're going to be a whole different generation and breed of climbers because they have, they develop their tendons so young and they can like get onto super small holds And they're not going to be the ones that get finger injuries.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, a lot of adults that enter in their twenties, thirties, forties, like they have to deal with so many injuries because they just don't have that development. Just like someone entering any other sport. Like once, if you've done it when you were a child, like you're going to be able to pick it up again when you're an adult later, or it's just kind of that muscle memory. And I think like, that's going to be a whole different thing too. Like I think that those kids, if they get out of it and then they come back into it, if they strength train, they're going to be like so amazing again.
1: <laughs> and yeah. it will,
0: it, it'll morph people's bodies too. Like I, I know that it morphed my body slightly. Like not a huge change because I didn't like drastically change my diet, but like I ran 5K, 10K and I was just like this skinny runner and I had absolutely <laughs> no upper body strength. And now I'm like, whoa! I have traps and delts, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty cool. Like, and then like, my back is just way stronger too. And it's like, you look at climbers' backs, and they have absolutely no body fat on them. It's like almost like a bodybuilder, um, because they're always using it. So it's really cool to see that portion too. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it will really really start changing and morphing people's bodies over the next like i said kind of five years
2: i just see it Uh, like like a lot of sports they have these transitions where it's also like who gets into the sport and Mm -hmm. you know i've seen where like certain sports it's like okay well this guy is six foot six well he should just be a basketball player well not necessarily yeah it depends if it's all what you see growing up. Like, okay, I wasn't exposed to rock climbing growing up and as an adult, really. So, I, so I'm fascinated. But what yeah. if I grew up in a community of people that that's what I did? I probably do it. Yeah. Or it's what's out there. So a lot of people like kids, they see oh, basketball, football, baseball, all that stuff. Oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. But it's until you introduce something. And then when you start adding the science into it, the nutrition into it, You start creating these different breeds of people going into it, you go, that doesn't look like a person who normally would do that sport. Yeah,
0: I I think uh climbing is so behind, like it is starting to um intro all of the educational pieces of like how you need to feel correctly and how (laughs) much sleep matters and Mm -hmm. um that it is a power to weight ratio sport that you do need to train. Like um, I think a lot of people just climb and I think that it's totally fine to do that in the beginning, just like any other sport, Like mm-hmm. you to do that, but it is important to do that almost prehab preventative exercise, uh, preventative injury um, portion of it. If you are enjoying it as more of an adult, because like you're not as, you know easily recovered <laughs> so, yeah and, uh, don't I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah so I think like yeah it'll be really cool to see um it's a really interesting time to be within the industry because there's just like I've only been in it maybe five years and it's changed so much so it's it's pretty cool to see and um I mean, something else that's been recently coming up is um, like there's all these clubs, like there's this club um, called Brown Girls Climb. And like, it's just true there. It's mainly a white sport. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) So it's, it's like really cool because I think it can be a more easily accessible thing if people have shoes and if they're by like a climbing area. Um, But it is gonna depend on like, if it is available and accessible to people. So I think clubs like that are gonna be really good. And also like when I first started climbing, like I didn't know any other really, when I very, very first started, I didn't really, before I had moved here, um, I didn't know any really women that had climbed. Um, cause it was, it was like, it's so behind that it's such like, a, it was a male dominated sport and it is mainly white people. So it was like, even that I've seen such a huge change. So it's mm. really, really cool to see that too.
2: Well, I think, you okay. know, the, it's kind of a discussion of the internet and social media and, and how things spread across the world more. Uh, like quicker. So all of a sudden people are getting exposed to things that they maybe would not be able to.
1: Exactly. Like I just
2: remember that I'm 41. I remember not having all this stuff Yeah. and being yeah. like, okay, I'm in this part of the world. I don't know what any people do over there. I just yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. And now you could just, you can watch, you could see people doing different things and you can tune into different sports that you may have never have watched before. And, yeah. things. and I could look up somebody And see them on the internet and go, oh, that fascinates me. I'd like to meet them. I'd like to learn about what they're up to. I mean, you couldn't do that before. You literally couldn't do that before.
0: Yeah, you couldn't. And you can reach out and just
2: have this conversation. You want to be on my podcast? I mean, like. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I never know what people are going to say. But honestly, most people, I would say 95% of the people go, yeah, I'd like to do that. Like, I've had like two people go, no, I'm kind of shy. But most people are like, sure, why not? I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean, it's,
0: it's also different, like, it's so much less intimidating, I think. Like, when you're just talking to someone like this, even though if you yeah. know hundreds of people may listen to it, but like, it's less intimidating, like, you're not in front of a room talking to people, it's like another way to reach a lot of people mm-hmm. without. <laughs> necessarily needing the skills to be able to talk in front of a lot of people
1: <laughs> yes, so
0: true. yeah yeah so it's it's been really cool and like the podcast that I've been in the past um I remember my first one I just like I actually was really nervous but and then you just kind of feel like you're talking to one other person
2: yeah that's it <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah so it's been really cool but through doing that I I've gotten clients or I have had people that reach out and they're like, whether it's been like another climber that's dealt with the same type of injuries and they really want to learn, you know, how I went through or just get training from me, you know, or um, another thing has been really cool is um, recently because of me getting the mastectomy and I've had other women reach out and even I've hopped on the phone with people just to talk them through it, whether they're thinking about doing it or um, they have gone through it and then them wanting to know kind of the next steps or um, maybe even them getting training in the future. So it's been,
1: I
2: think,
0: a really cool way to be able to reach out to a large range of people.
2: So take me through that experience. I mean, it sounds like a very personal experience, The mastectomy. Like, what's the origin of that? Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so I, um, if I go briefly over it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I found out I had the BRCA mutation. Mm -hmm. And um, I found that out because I had just gone to a normal gynecologist appointment. And um, they were doing, like, a normal breast test. And I ended up asking the gynecologist, like, should I be concerned about any of this because um, my dad's mom died when she was 35 from breast cancer. And then so did his sister. Um, she died from cancer as well. And so I was like, I'm getting a little closer to their age. Should I do anything about this? Because I had never thought about it previously, just because I was one, my dad never talked about it too. I mean, I was just young, so I had no reason to really think about it. And then, um, yep, got the genetic mutation, um, or found out I had that, um, which really all that means is, you know, I have a broken gene because, you know, everyone has cancer in them. It's just whether or not like your body can fight it off. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what that, uh, mutation means is I just have a broken gene. And then, um, I, went through the steps over the next few months of researching and trying to figure out what exactly that meant and what my risks were. And through those next few months, um, yeah, I found out just so much information that I was like overwhelmed with it, but I also realized what I needed to do. And that was a personal choice, but Um, through going to so many appointments and like doctor's appointments, I just realized I, I didn't want to do that the rest of my life, (laughs) like just go to all of these checkups all the time. And I knew like one, if I had gotten cancer then this would be my life. And I witnessed one of my really close friends, she had gotten cancer really young and she's still going through it. Like, she's always trying to figure out, like, is her body okay? Did she get it? Is she clean? Like, all of these things. And it becomes a lifelong battle. Like, yeah, I mean, so she had gone through and she told me, Joss, I don't want you ever going through what I went through. And I think that you should get a preventative uh, double mastectomy done. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? (laughs) I didn't really know what it meant. And then through going to more doctor's appointments, I was like, oh, okay, Um, well, damn, because I mean, I've had labrum surgery, I've had numerous injuries, taking time off, but at the time, like, I was actually climbing what I thought was pretty well, and um, my body felt fairly, like, healthy, so I had no, like, crazy big injuries, and I was just... um, Conflicted because I knew I would have to then put myself through this surgery that would then I had no idea what it was gonna mean, like would I come back stronger? would I come back ever? would I just be recreational then after like I had no idea I didn't know anyone that had gone through it um throughout like this past year and a half, I've found a lot more people, but like even then like no one that is exactly similar. So that's been like, it's its own journey on its own. Um, But yeah, I think um, I'm super happy with doing it. Um, My sister ended up doing it too, and she's younger. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, she's recovered great. Um, She doesn't really climb. So like, it is a little bit different even then because like, just climbing is so much upper body you know, and, like, with doing reconstruction, too, like, you end up going under your muscle, so they, like, cut your pec open, stick an implant under there, and then it back into your intercostals, and um, so funny, I mean, not really that funny, but I read in the New York Times, like, a few months ago, um, there's this new, and I'm sure just like everything else, um, this new surgery that they actually can not go under your muscle and you have to be um kind of that athlete category that you aren't gonna go way bigger or anything but you're you're doing it to be preventative but you also or whether you've had cancer and you have to do it but you can it's a faster recovery. So I was like oh (laughs) 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 but like it is in the beginning stages. So like at the same time, like that's also its own risk, you know? So like the surgery I've gotten, a lot of women have had, so, you know, it's less risk, but um, it is more common for women in their forties and older to get it. Not so much like in their twenties. So right, it's been, right. yeah, it's, it's been really cool to see though. Cause I think like, There have been so many women that are doing it now. So I think it'll become more common, kind of like climbing. Like I think more people will reach out and learn from each other. And um, yeah, like there's also no coaches or trainers (laughs) that work with mastectomy clients. There are barely (laughs) any PTs that truly know what it feels like. So um, that's its own niche on its own too.
2: Oh, it sounds like you're filling that niche.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's been interesting. I mean, I'm I'm not working with that many mastectomy clients right now, but I have started to, and I've had a couple of surgeons and PTs refer clients. Um, mm-hmm. It's scary. It's like it's like a scary thing to work with this fragile, not fragile person, <laughs> because I was in that spot too. I had didn't have cancer, but like I'm training specifically this woman that has gone through cancer and she's actually going through radiation right now Mm -hmm. and she is such a badass and um in her 50s and just you know the other day just told me she's like I hate that everyone is treating me like I'm a fragile baby
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and I was like damn I totally remember that you know being an athlete myself i was like i hated that you know like i legitimately got in fights with my pts (laughs) because they're like (laughs) chill out and i was like like i'm fine (laughs) so um yeah i think um i would really like to start keep you know keep working with women that are a little bit more athletic and that potentially have to get this type of thing done so
2: Wow, oh, it's amazing. That's really amazing information. Um, it's just kind of the stuff that drew me to your LinkedIn. It's like it popped up as like, oh, a person you should know that whole stuff that's on there.
1: I'm yeah, looking yeah. through
2: it, I'm like, this person has a very interesting history yeah. and current level of what they're doing. And it's just mm-hmm. an amazing story. And I think stories are what people gravitate to. You know, you talked about podcasters and new blogs and stuff. It's just people are they want to consume stories. They want to feel this connection to other human beings on some level. Yeah. We're grasping for it. We're scraping for it. Yeah, and trying always. to find it in different communities. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it leads into a little bit with fitness. Is funny. I mean, being that in that business is, it's a very interesting time to be in the fitness business. Yeah, very <laughs> different time. There's so much happening, but it's also a weird time too because there's this huge social media element to it
0: yeah, there is that is making
2: it super strange and almost it's so the, hard too almost the pornification of fitness in some way yeah. as well I mean what are your mm-hmm. thoughts about all that yeah uh so I think it's
0: honestly a little stressful <laughs> um, because you I mean if you own your own business like I was actually just on a hike with a friend right before this. You are an entrepreneur. You need to know how to market yourself. You need to know how to eloquently, like, market yourself at the same time, too. You need to be professional to everyone you meet. You don't necessarily, if you're not at a normal commercial gym, like, you got to figure out how to get clients. You also have to be real and have your story. Um, You also have to stay up on all of your continuing education. Um, I think that's also part of the issue. If we go back to the climbing portion, like there are a lot of coaches that kind of just like, you know, maybe they competed, maybe they've climbed for years, but those people that have climbed for years seem to be the top coaches right now. And I don't think that's necessarily the best thing, you know, because like the person who has run the longest doesn't mean they're the best running coach. No, not at all. And so I think that that's really interesting because that's where climbing is right now. Um, so I've struggled in the beginning when I had trained for a few years, I would say I would still like pretty novice in the training world, but, I wasn't taken seriously at all, not only because I was a woman, but because I wasn't this amazing climber. (laughs) So um, people were like, well, she doesn't know what she's doing, which also as a trainer, you need to portray confidence. And I think that's like to any like new trainer out there, like it's so difficult to like fake it till you make it. (laughs) You know, like you have to be this Overly confident person, otherwise, people question you and they question your education, even though if you may know what you're doing. So, I think that that's another thing that's like I've learned and was super stressful in the beginning when I was starting out. I was like, I do I know what I'm doing? I mean, even now, I feel like <laughs> I really don't know what I'm doing, but um, I feel like I, I actually feel okay with saying that, you know. And I think in the beginning, just, like, when you graduate college, you think, like, you know everything. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But then you
0: go through this, like, oh, maybe I don't know that much. And then you go through, I really feel like I know nothing. (laughs) And I'm always, always learning from other people. Um, And then there's this, like, weird stage that I feel like I'm entering that I'm, like, I'm okay with people knowing that I don't know everything
2: You're just morphing uh, all over the place uh, into different things. (laughs) No, I think, you know, it's interesting um, because, you know, there's actually some good research studies that talk about experience and training and that it's completely overrated. Mm -hmm. And that I think of it even like if you were a trainer in, let's say, the 1980s and you haven't kept up up with it, doesn't mean you, you probably don't know a lot about fitness, actually. Or exercise because you're going off of something from like Gold's Gym, Venice Beach in 1980s and bodybuilding. You know, it's like it doesn't mean just because you have been in something a long time doesn't mean you're very that, you know, a lot about it. It's just that you're in it a long time. Yeah. You know, especially if you never kept up with it and the science behind it and physiology and biomechanics and all that stuff. But I often found like I used to hire trainers for years Mm-hmm. And, um, I always hired new people. I rarely hired people who are very seasoned because mm-hmm. um, I always felt the newer people, like they were so green. They were, they were, they were open to changing regularly and growing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have been in it for a really long time. They're like, listen, this is how I do things. I'm just yeah. going to keep it going. I'm like, you're like, you're stagnant. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, true. you need, and, and really for me, a lot of training and working with people is about confidence. And personality and human relationships. How well do you form bonds with other human beings? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. often like a lot of that's just like what you have inside you. Yeah, that totally. I mean is not totally. the education.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a little bit of everything, you know, like you can't necessarily, yes, it is the bonding, but I think like Yeah, there are people that are, I remember there was someone when I had done the internship and he was like the smartest trainer there, or, you know, strength coach there. And I was like, whoa, how is he on his fifth internship? (laughs) (laughs) But it's because he could not get down um, the communication piece with the athletes. Um, And... That's, yeah, it's so important. But it's also important to, yeah, I mean, keep up on a lot yeah. of the yeah. things. I mean, it's and- not everything,
2: but it is a big part of it, I feel totally. like it. You know, like, I like to be the relatable guy. I like to be the guy, you know, when I'm working with people that they, they'd they want to, like, just hang out with and enjoy a good conversation with, you know, have a beer with or something. Yeah. You know, but also very knowledgeable at the same time. But, you know, I feel like people... They want to move, they want accountability, they want yeah. companionship, they mm-hmm. want trustworthiness, they want knowledge. But in my time, I mean, I rarely have people who are like, tell me everything about the origin insertion of what we just did and all that. They're just like, listen, I want to talk about my life, what's going on, <laughs> and I want to be moving while I'm doing it. And
1: yeah.
2: it's it become a very simple science for me. Actually, with it, you know, it's a little bit of education and and, and maintaining that and getting finding the new stuff. But being a tremendously valuable listener and human to other people creates a tremendous business for people.
0: I think that that actually is where climbing is really different and interesting. It attracts this certain type of person like
2: like what type of person,
0: like the engineer type of okay
2: person. so okay.
0: or the very analytical type analytical, of analytical
2: yeah
0: yeah and so I think it is actually kind of a hard um a hard entrance to climbing as a coach because if you show any little bit of that you may not know something or maybe like you do but you say something wrong or you like seem like you're not confident it um it's like they smell it.
2: <laughs> uh.
0: yeah. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's, I think that it can move into the um, needing more of the companionship and the accountability. Like I do have a few clients that are like that. Um, but yeah, the
1: hmm.
0: person and me, may- it's just Boulder. It might just be Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> but like I have found that those, like anyone who's here, they're that Google, Amazon type of person. Yes. Yeah. Like, they they want to know why they want to know, they want to know the graph, the metrics, the, the uh, progression, the overload. Like they want to know where you're going to take them, when they're going to climb a certain grade, how strong they're going to be by this time. Cause they want to go on this <laughs> vacation and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would
2: say I don't know either. I would like listen, dude. This isn't your equation. Like, this is a human being. Like, but we're gonna. How people, often do you show up here? You
0: know, I'm like. You know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like. I'm like, whoa, you know. I I don't know. We can make it a goal, like, and that's what I end up saying. But I'm like, I yeah. can't guarantee it, and I have to be upfront about that because I'm like, I, you know, there are a lot of online programs that oh, people can buy that are like that it it competes with people like me, you know, that um, are trying to be, you know, this one-on-one coach, but like, but I can buy this six-week or 12-week program and just follow that, and it's like, that doesn't always work, because it's not morphed to your personality, your schedule, your, you know, but um, I tend to lose a lot of people to that type of stuff, too, because they, um, and I've thought about, you know, just busting something out like that, but I'm like, I wouldn't feel right, you know.
2: I feel the same way. I you know, some people do that, and they're like, "Well, oh, I just followed this program." I'm like, "I'm telling you, it's so impersonal." And I'm like, and I know, like, my business, like my live online business, people go, "Why don't you just create a bunch of programs and give them out to people and scale it to like hundreds of people?" I'm like, "I don't know. That's not training to me." And I'm like, "That's that's just online program design." I'm like, "I actually want to have conversations. I want to talk. I want to see." Yeah. I want to understand. I want to feel their emotion. Mm-hmm. You know. And I said, that's that's just some program. That's not yeah. a living thing to me. So it doesn't matter and if you can go find that that online. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what? Go find it with somebody else. It's fine. I'm just not gonna do it. That's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> I
0: feel like that I'm similar in that way too. Like I really like connecting with everyone. And yeah, like I typically will hop on the phone with my clients, like once a month. And we'll like Mm -hmm. talk for anywhere from half an hour to an hour. And, um, you know, I say that we'll have a half an hour, but I'm like, Hey, if you want to talk a little bit longer, like I usually will block off a little bit more time just in case they feel like they need it too. Yeah. Or if they're, you know, if I see them online, like an online client starting to struggle and I see that they're not doing their stuff, I'm like, let's hop on the phone yeah Yeah. I'm not like just gonna watch them fail I'm like (laughs) no let's let's like let's hop on the phone like what's going on and sometimes it's like they're just not motivated and it's like well what can I do to change that Um, or what do you feel like you need to do to change that so
1: yeah
0: I would say it's not even necessarily the coach sometimes like it's the person that is trying to do it
2: (laughs) exactly well, Jocelyn, oh. I got to tell you, like, you're very easy to talk to, by the way. have oh, thank you. Have you. A very, yeah, no, you have this very warm personality. You're like, you're just like front and center, but in a very easy way. It's not like some like, yeah, I answered the question and it's like, okay, yeah, thanks. Um, how, you know what I mean? It's like,
1: <laughs> okay. it's like you
2: explain it and you have this very, uh, very, it seems joyful personality. <laughs> Well, and thank you. Yes, of course. And so I had a feeling about you, you
0: know. <laughs> well, so. this was super fun to hop on your podcast. I'll have to listen to more of them too.
2: Yeah, please do. I think you're gonna find some amazing people. And if you ever want to meet any of the people, just let me know. And you're in Boulder. I mean, I don't know how far away that is from Denver, probably not that close, probably, right? No, no. Uh,
0: it's <laughs> actually it's only like Depending on traffic, 35, 45 minutes, it's not bad.
2: Okay, here's the deal. I know so many people in Denver. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Really? Oh like, my God, I'm
2: like yeah. super tight, and I, I'm not there. I'm in Washington State. I'm yeah. gonna introduce you to a bunch of amazing people. Yeah, I You're gonna meet I, some um, incredible people.
0: It's actually really interesting. Um, since I've moved here, I feel like I've like tried networking and hustling so much within this industry. I don't actually know really any trainers or coaches out in this whole area.
2: We're going to yeah. change that. <laughs>
0: yeah, cool. Well, I'm psyched. Some, we some did guy this. in
2: Washington is going to help you meet a yeah. bunch of people in, in your state. I, one of the yeah, people exactly. I introduced you to, she goes, I have these in person meetings with people in Denver, and they all like because they know you. They're like, oh, it's another Darien person in Denver. Yeah. like, he's not even here. And how he's does he connect here. with all my people here? <laughs> it's awesome.
0: I mean, I know someone. Um, he coaches. I think he's the head strength coach, Anthony Watkins. Do you know him?
2: No, I don't know. Oh.
0: He's. Um, I want to say a Washington University. Okay. Um, but he, I know he's. Yeah, I mean, he's like. Uh, he played football at Oregon State. Um, Really, really awesome strength coach too. So you'll have to be introduced to him too, but he can't be far from
2: you. Yeah, Yeah. no, Washington, like um, UW is a couple hours away from me. Uh, But if I'm down in Seattle, um, sure, that'd be awesome. That's what we, this is what this is all about. Connecting with people. That's that's my whole show, Dr. D's social network. Connecting (laughs) with my network, having a conversation, putting it out, and then the magic of people meeting each other. And yeah. now that you've been a guest on my show, you get the official invitation to my podcast retreat, which is in uh, Washington State in May 2020. Actually, May 15th nice. to the 17th. Awesome. So I will send that out to you. And it's just a time for everybody to come together who's been yeah. on the show and meet each other in person. Cool. Potentially yeah. Create community with each other. So, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Cool.
2: So, yeah, right. we'll be yeah. in touch, Jocelyn, for sure.
0: Okay, well, let me know about any of those Denver people,
2: too. Oh, it will happen, I promise. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much. thanks a lot.
2: Bye.
1: See you. The greatest pheasant hunting in the country awaits, but pheasants and thrills are just the beginning. Leave routine for the birds on a hunting trip in South Dakota. Friendly small towns, private lodges, and more than a million acres of public hunting land support a culture that makes South Dakota the pheasant capital of the world. Rise to the challenge of diverse habitats, cover, and terrain when you hunt the greatest. The path to your next hunt starts with a single step. Start planning at huntthegreatest.com/slash/license. The Health Profession Scholarship Program from the U.S. Army Healthcare Team can offer full tuition for med students. That's the Army difference. Learn more at goarmy.com/slash/tuition paid.